One of the things that I want to remind you again is that we will have baptism. We want to have baptism every month, and we're going to have baptism every month by faith. Because God's preparing your heart. God's preparing your heart every day. And the Spirit of the Lord is drawing you nearer to Him. And we look forward to have baptism uh, in, in, in the coming month. So next Sunday, 9.30 a.m., pastor is going to teach a baptism class. So if you want to know what baptism is, you've been thinking about baptism, and I want to get baptized, I'm here for you. I'm ready. And we will meet, uh, if you come this way, there is a door there. It's a nice, cozy place. Uh, if you walk in there, you would like to get baptized, I'm telling you. It's the best place in this church, so I welcome you there, right? How many of us are ready to hear the Word of God this morning? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So we're doing a current, the current series is Jesus to Christ. Journey with Jesus to the cross and beyond, and in the book of the Gospel of John. We're going to look at that. So for six weeks, we're going to journey with Christ in His last days here on earth. It's very, very exciting. Uh, and today, week one, uh, we, were, we are starting with uh, John 11 and 12. I know that uh, probably many of you, or not all of you, because some of you are visitors uh, coming here for the first time, receive email from me to read two chapters a week. And I'm going to send the weekly devotion and the reading plan for next week tomorrow in the morning. So please open your email. Uh, it's not junk. <laughs> uh, and read along during the week uh, the verse, uh, the chapters. So when we come here on Sunday, all of us are prepared. And uh, you can say to pastor, pastor, you missed, you missed it. You, you didn't say that, you know, because we have read it together, right? But the Spirit of the Lord will speak to us differently. So I'm excited. How many of you read the uh, last week's uh, chapters? Yes, thank you. I saw your hand. Awesome, awesome. Yes. So today, um, we're starting with uh, who is Jesus in John 11 and 12. When you read John chapter 11 and 12, that question is not specifically written in that chapter. But as you read the story, uh, we know that Jesus was trying to reveal himself to his disciples and the people at that time. Uh, I am the resurrection and the life. It's talking about the identity of who Christ is. So we're going to uh, look at that uh, today, this morning. So what is the key message for this morning? The key message for this morning is that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. And we want to talk about that as we journey with our Lord Jesus Christ for the next six weeks. So journey with Jesus to the cross and beyond. I am very excited actually to talk about Jesus. I was very excited the whole week. I am still excited to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I was preparing uh, this sermon, there was urgency within my spirit and my heart and the love that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ because of what He has done for me. He is the best thing 
that has happened in my life. The transformation that He has brought into my life because of my encounter with Him is just immeasurable. Is immeasurable. His presence, His transforming presence has been wonderful, wonderful. I cannot say enough about our Lord Jesus Christ. When you go to a conference, people will tell you, hang out with great people if you want to do great things. Hang out with gifted people if you want to do great things in your life. I can tell you there is no greater person for me than the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that if I hang out with Him every day, if I hang out with Him every day, that I will be able to achieve and do things that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. There is nobody that inspires me better than the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, He captivates me. He enthralls me. He just... I don't know what you hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, but for me, He's the one that charms my heart. He's the one that wants to make my heart sing. And as I was preparing this sermon, actually my heart was singing. Okay? My heart was singing, and it's an old hymn that I learned when I was young, I think. Uh, but it just came to me, songs were coming to my song like about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know many of you, when you read the Word of God and do daily devotions, sometimes a, a song comes to you. Because the Spirit of God has touched you. And you remember your baptism. You remember the day of your conversion. And how God touched you. And, you know, you have tears in your eyes for no reason. You want to cry. And there is this holy presence that comes upon you. And all these things are possible because of your encounter and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me, right? Buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. One day, He's coming back, oh glorious day, right? I had a lady that ran up to me and said, uh, Pastor, can you preach about the second coming? I want to meet the Lord. I want to see the Lord. Can you? And she was just so excited and coming and running to me. And I'm thinking, if we live daily with the Lord and be Christ-like and do the things that God commands us to do, then we're ready anytime. Living like Jesus. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. One day, He's coming. Oh, glory. My heart was singing as I was preparing the sermon. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that made my heart sing. You know, isn't that those are the songs that come to you when you're connected to God? And I wanted to share to you the Christ that changed and transformed my life. The Jesus way. Because John chapter 11 and 12 is about Jesus. It's about Him. And how he changed the people 
that are around him. And uh, how Jesus revealed his identity. And I want to learn, I want us to learn from the guru himself. How he revealed. Because we talked about, how am I going to share the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there a new model out there? Is there a new technique out there? How, how can I share my faith and reveal Jesus? I want us to learn from the guru himself. Can we do that this morning? Yes? All right. So, there, there will be four things that I want to share. The first thing is that how he revealed himself is very interesting when you read in John chapter 11 and 12. Jesus showed love to reveal his identity. He showed his love to reveal his identity. So let me take you to Bethany. Let's take a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ to Bethany, which is about two miles away from Jerusalem. Now, in John chapter 1, the the verse began with, uh, there was a man, and his name was Lazarus, and he was sick. He was sick. He was gravely ill. One thing you notice is that life happens every day. And Jesus is facing real life every day with real people, and they have real issues. Just as it is today, that life happens every day to us. We're facing real issues in our life every day. So when Jesus was there, this guy is sick, like many of us are sick. Or this week, some of you are sick this morning and you're here. You have been sick for three weeks and four weeks. You have been hospitalized. Sickness happens in our life. And this guy, Lazarus, is sick. And so Martha sent for Jesus because Jesus loved Lazarus. And Martha sent for Jesus because she had faith that if the Lord Jesus Christ comes, Lazarus will be well. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ arrived. When he arrived, what happened? Is Lazarus has been dead for four days. Four days. And Martha was out there. Martha met the Lord Jesus Christ, if you read the chapter carefully. Uh, and I was thinking, Martha went away to meet Jesus at a different place, not at, the, at her house. And I can see the love of a sister wanting to do everything for a brother. And she probably has gone to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if she cannot do anything, she must gone ahead on a journey to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Martha, when Martha saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Master, if you have been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right. I'm going to tie the story together with Mary. Now Martha sent the word to Mary and said, the, the rabbi has come. The master teacher has come. And Mary stood up. And there were a lot of people weeping with Mary at that time. The women and the men had gathered. And as she stood up to go to the Lord Jesus Christ, people followed her. And when she saw the Lord Jesus Christ, she fell down on his feet. And she said, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The next thing that happened to Jesus is what captivates me. And the word of God says, (coughs) Jesus groaned. He groaned. And the literal translation of groan is, uh, is, a, is a loud voice because of anger. And uh, a lot of uh, anger, a loud voice of anger at 
uh, evil things. Uh, it's like the horse snorting when they're angry, right? They, when the horse are angry, they snort so loud. There was the connection that was made with this groaning. And Jesus groaned. Why did he groan? Probably because he saw the ugliness of the pain that was inflicted by death. And the sorrow that has been inflicted and caused by death. And he was angry at death. And partly, uh, not partly, but as we go on, we know that Jesus will give a death blow to death. And partly also because he probably was annoyed and angry at the women that, was, uh, that were weeping with Mary because they were professional wailers. Right? They were professional criers and weeping. They were weeping so loud, they are fakers. And probably Jesus was annoyed at that. He groaned. But he saw Mary weeping and the others, his friends weeping. And a deep emotion came over him. And the word of God says, Jesus wept at that time. When he saw Mary weeping, when he saw Martha weeping, when he saw his friends weeping, he wept. And the word wept, it means to burst into tears. Jesus burst into tears. And he wept because he loved Lazarus. He loved Lazarus. And he loved Martha. And he loved Mary. And the people that saw, that was watching the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw him wept. And they said, he loved him. He loved him. And if he was here, probably this guy would still be alive. I don't know about you. But the Jesus that I know weeps for us. I don't know about you, but the Jesus that I know has so much compassion. The Jesus that I follow and know loves people dearly. And His amazing love and the emotion and the pain and sorrow that He can feel for people is indescribable. This is the Jesus I know. This is the Jesus that I follow. That living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. And I don't know what kind of Jesus we talked about out there. Or what you hear. Or do we even talk about the Lord Jesus Christ? But this compassionate, loving Lord walks with us today. He's here with us today. One reason why he came is to reveal that he is the Son of God. And how did he reveal that he is the Son of God? By loving others. And other people saw that too. He loved Lazarus, Mary. He loved Martha. People know that he loved them. Now when all these things is done, what is happening here is there is a conversation that's happening with Martha. Martha is going through, was going through, difficult time, one of the most painful times. Her brother has died. She's in sorrow. And Jesus went up to her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
if you believe in me, even if you die, you will live. Do you believe in this thing? And Martha said, I believe you are the Christ and the Son of God. How did this come about? In the presence of love. See? Jesus has loved them already. This was not an invasive, pushy question. This was a gentle reminder of the hope that he asked with so much love to Martha. I know you're hurting. I know you're going through difficult time. But I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, even if you die, you will live. Do you believe in this? Do you want to have this? And Martha, in her pain and sorrow, said, I believe you're Christ. You're the Son of God. I want this. Even the hardest heart, the coldest heart, will melt in the presence of love. Even the hardest heart and the goldest heart will melt in the presence of love. And if we share Christ to others with his love, there is no heart that cannot be reached and touched and transformed. One of the words that I've shared at our church should be like the, the motto for our church is love. That everything that we do at our church should be defined by love. That if Santa Clara can be described by one word, that that is love. That we do everything out of love. I've said this many times to our church. Sacrificial love. Love without selfish motive. And if we show love to others, then it opens the heart of other people to hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to learn from the Guru himself, love others to point people to God. Right? Number one. What did we hear this morning? What was the first one? Love. Love, yes. Love others to point people to God. The second thing that he did, learning from our Guru, is that Jesus prayed and revealed the Father God to reveal his identity. Right? And I want to share this. How did he do this? Because, now, when people were watching, and Lazarus is dead, and they're watching what Jesus is going to do. And, He prayed to the Father. He prayed to the Father. And he lifted up to God and he prayed and he said to glorify him. And after he had prayed, he turned to Lazarus and in a loud voice, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And then Lazarus came forth. He was using prayer to point people that God is real. 
He prayed to God, the Father, to say, you glorify me. Hear my prayer. To reveal that God sent him, that God will answer his prayer. There is another story in John chapter 12. Right? And in John chapter 12, as he was teaching about his death, he was full of sorrow. And he said, Father, please glorify me. Glorify your name. And as he was praying, people can hear, people can hear this prayer. Then suddenly, then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify in it again. Now all the people heard this voice as he was praying. So what did the people say? The people said, the angel has spoken to him. And Jesus replied, the voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. See? One thing that you notice about the Lord Jesus Christ is that when he prays, he prays for others. He prays for others. Now in the preceding uh, chapter in John, you can see that uh, one of the things that he had done was to heal the, the man that was blind from birth. That's why people were saying, he has done so many signs. In fact, in John, he has healed the officer in Capernaum, the son. Right? He has healed the paralytic guy. He has done, he has cared for sick people. He has compassion on sick people. And he is praying for them. And his prayer is directed to God to reveal that he is the Son of God. And when God answers this prayer, he's telling the people, this is not for me, this is for you to know that God exists, that God is real. That God is real. Tragic things happen last the, uh, a week be, before the school shooting in Florida. It's just a painful stuff. Yeah. I can't imagine the parents, the community. And this has happened again and again. Right? And how do we respond as Christians? One of the things that we respond as Christians is that we should put back God and prayer in school. Right? That's our response. Now, that is good. It's great. Uh, that we put back God and prayer in school. Let's say it's done. Okay? I sign it. It's done. It's lawfully done. What next? What next? Can a policy lawful policy become the presence of God or prayer? I want to suggest one thing. Is how about teaching our students how to pray? How about teaching your kids how to pray? How about teaching our youth how to pray? That if there is an opportunity and they are bold enough to pray when stuff 
happens, real life happens at school. And they boldly pray, and then big time, God shows up big time when they pray. That will be lit. Right? That will be an awesome thing. But do our kids know how to pray? Can they pray? Are we teaching them how to pray? I mean, we can put God and prayer back to school, but do they know how to pray? What if God was not there at all in the first place at school? Did he leave the building? One of the things that I do, my wife and we do at home, is to pray with our kids. And we pray every night, almost every night. There are some days we miss, but almost every night we pray. And we share to our kids for the sake that they will know that God exists. Is Okay, we're going to pray for such and such matter. We want you to know and watch and see and wait how God answers this prayer. We do that regularly. And when God answers that prayer, we thank God, this is how God has answered the prayer. So we are praying with direction. We are praying with a purpose. And then we thank God for the prayers that are answered. And we do this every night. We pray for healing. We pray for answers, for things. Why? Because I want my kids to know that God exists, that God is real, that real life is going to happen to them and when they are really in need of somebody, they can call on the Lord to give them real, real solution because He has the real love. That's what I want to teach our kids. So, I know that policies to have God and prayer in school is great. I'm all for it. But more than that also, we have to teach our kids how to pray because even if the policy is there, if they don't know how to pray, it will not work. But if all of our youth and students know how to pray and they are at school, they will be praying whether people tell them to pray or not pray. What's happening at our church then? Because we're talking about school, families. As I walk in to the church, a lady came out to me and said, Pastor, I can't feel anything on my face, right side of my face. I've been going to the doctor for a while. I can't, I can't feel it move. I, I can't. In my head, everything, half side, is paralyzed. Can you pray for me? You know, the Spirit of God moved me with compassion. Looking at that woman, she's kind of scared. She has almost teary-eyed and uh, voice is a little trembling. And the Spirit just moved me to lay hand on her and I prayed for her. A couple of weeks later, she came and said, uh, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. What happened? Uh, uh, it's gone. I don't have it anymore. No? Uh, there's, I can feel my face. I can talk. There's nothing there. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. And then Sunday morning, I'm a little bit in a rush to talk to everyone. Praise the Lord and just went away. Next, I met a, I met a guy, a gentleman. And we started talking. And uh, he was reluctantly sharing that he had been having chest pain for a long time. And he is having chest pain. And he's nervous about it. And he's anxious about this. And the Spirit of God kind of moved me and take my hand, you know, and touch. And I laid my hand on his chest and I prayed for him. And I didn't think about it. But after a couple of weeks, he came and said, uh, Oh, by the way, Pastor, my chest pain is gone. I don't have that chest pain anymore. And there's a guy from our church very faithful, intelligent, smart, and I haven't seen him for about a month or more than a month. And I reached out to him and his wife, and I heard from him and his wife that he was going through a difficult time in life, that he was going through a dark time in life. I said, let us go for lunch. And he said, no, I'm not going out for lunch. But the Lord put a persisting, uh, persistent spirit in me, and I reached out and said, let's go out for lunch. And he wrote to me and said, I will be an embarrassment to you. I wouldn't dare go out with you. I have lost my memory. I can hardly speak. So I'm not going to go out with you. I said, no, you're not going to be an embarrassment with me. Let's go out for lunch. He came. He's lost a lot of weight. When I look at him, my heart was touched and broken. Such an intelligent, smart man, you know. I was looking at him when we were having lunch. And I invited him to come back to prayer group, and he came back. And as we were praying one morning, the Spirit of God said, you know, just stand up, go and lay hands on him, and pray against the oppressive spirit. I went and prayed against the oppressive spirit and the light to shine in his darkness. A couple of weeks later, he came and shared the group, and he said, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. This was it for me. And he said, I'm bipolar. Mental illness is such a shame for many people, and they keep it private. But I don't know what happened, Pastor, when you prayed for me. Just something happened. and kicked him out of that pit of darkness. You know, two of these guys are leaders at our church right now. Revealing the Father through prayer. Not for my sake, not for others, but it's for those people that receive the healing and transformation to know that God is real. Isn't that amazing? That's the God that I know. God who is involved in our daily life. Where real issues are happening, He gives real love. It's fantastic. Who would want to talk about that kind of God? The Jesus that loves us so much with such compassion. I'm never ashamed of this guy. I mean, he's better than any man that I know. There's nothing to hide about this guy. I mean, he enthralls me. He captivates me. He's sweet, if you want to use that word. He's wonderful. 
I have come as a light into the world. And whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Makes sense, isn't it? He is the one that can take us out from the pit of darkness. Let's pause here. After all these things, this is in Bethany. Uh, the chief priests and the Pharisees and the councils, they plotted to put Jesus to death. The journey has begun. How are we doing this morning? Yes, we're doing good? Are you feeling the love? Yes, the love of God? There's a little bit more here. And Jesus taught the scripture to reveal his identity. So one is that he showed love. Second, second thing is he prayed. And the third, the third thing is he taught the scripture to reveal his identity. Now, when they went into Jerusalem, because I'm going to take you to Jerusalem, when they were going into Jerusalem, um, the Passover was near and they want to go into Jerusalem. When they came in there, the multitudes heard that has come for the feast of Passover that Jesus was coming to town, to the city. So they gathered, the multitude gathered, and they came out holding palm branches and shouting, uh, Hosanna, uh, and uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? And we'll revisit this on Palm Sunday. And uh, at that time, uh, the people were reminded through the scripture from Zechariah 9 9 that Christ was, uh, the Messiah was going to come riding on a colt. There's scripture here. Right? And, uh, and as he started teaching in 11 and 12, as he was talking about uh, his death, that he is the light, uh, he is the light of the world, that he is the Son of God. That if they believe in him, that he is the son of God, they will have life. Uh, people were hardened. Not everyone was receiving the word. And this was to fulfill uh, the word of Isaiah, the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This was a direct quotation from uh, Isaiah uh, 53. Okay? In verse 1. And he also talked about, again, he, was, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts. And they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn. And I would heal them. This is from Isaiah 6, verse 10. When you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, he's always using scriptures. Scriptures to talk about the fulfillment that God sent him, that he is the Son of God. And he used it with full knowledge and full of grace. It's full of grace. One thing I want our church to do is when we talk about Jesus and God, is that you use your scripture full of grace, not to throw verses at them to win an argument. Right? When somebody says something, we pick up one verse from the Bible and throw it on them to, to win an argument right? and to make them feel bad. You know, you're a bad, bad, bad. Take this verse, you know. Then don't we do that? And then we use the verse to make them feel so bad and tell them how bad they are and you're going to hell. You bad, bad, bad. Take this verse. Right? 
no grace, no grace. And we say, why don't people want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't be scary. Don't be just a scary, nasty person. Come on. I mean, be full of grace. The word of God has life. It's sweeter than honey. When we use the word of God, let us use with grace. With grace. That people will, their heart will melt. The next thing, last one, is Jesus modeled relationship to reveal his identity. So none of these are in any particular order. You can use it in any way, form, uh, if there is an opportunity. So let's see this. When he went to Bethany, what's happening in Bethany? Jesus go often to Bethany because there are friends in Bethany. Lazarus, Martha, Mary. Not because Bethany was the special place on earth, no. But he had built great genuine relationship with Martha, Lazarus, and Mary that this Bethany was a place that he will go and recharge when he has done public and private ministry. This is where he goes and take out his sandals and kick out and say, Martha, I'm ready for one of your great cooking. He felt free to go there, right? Relationship. And when Lazarus was sick, Martha sent for Jesus. Say, my brother's sick. Come on, help me. And the devotion of Mary, he, she was the one that washed the feet with that expensive oil and wiped with her, te- with her ears. Such devotion, such love. He built that relationship. The other thing is that people know that Jesus loved him. Now in chapter 12, let's go. When, uh, in the, during the Passover feast teaching in chapter 12, there were visitors from Greek, Greek visitors that has come and they want, they wish to see the Lord Jesus Christ. So who did they come to? They come to Philip because Philip had a Greek name. And Philip was from Galilee in Bethsaida. Probably those Greeks have seen Philip in Galilee in Bethsaida and say, I'm going to approach Philip because he's, he has a Greek name. He's one who I know him. And Philip went to Andrew, who also has a Greek name, and said, hey, we have these Greek friends that, speak, that wish to speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Philip talked to Andrew. Andrew went to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, hey, they wish to speak to you. You see, in order to connect someone to God or to point someone to God, you can't do it without relationship. It's not possible. I mean, others denote relationship. You can't have others without relationship. See? So why was Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and others receptive to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he built genuine relationship. He modeled relationship. People say, Silicon Valley is very hard to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I believe it's hard. But, but I also believe that the Holy Spirit has prepared the hearts of people to receive the good news of Jesus. And there are so many people out there that has been prepared by the Holy Spirit to receive and hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that. It may sound difficult, but I believe there are so many people out there that is ready and willing to receive the good news of Jesus. And if we model love, if we model prayer for the interest of them, and if we model the word full of grace, and if we model genuine relationship, we can reveal the Son of God and God to them. I have no doubt about that. 
So what are we going to do this week? Show love to others. With no selfish intention. Right? Second thing, pray for others. Pray for someone without personal gain. Point to God. Third, teach the word with full of grace. And build relationship. You may not be able to do four of this, but even if you can do one of this, you would have attempted to reveal to someone that God is real. Because real life happens every day out there. And the real God is there to show real love to them. Church, because of this, I am excited. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And uh, we talk about the slum. The slum Sunday school starts March 25th. That's the prayer. And this is where it's going to be. So pray for that. Pray that the Spirit of the Lord will work in us. As we mentioned again, as the ushers are getting ready, uh, baptism class, 9.30 a.m. with pastor, and faith, and faith talk, commonality, Christianity, and other religion. Uh, and in April, uh, there will be a class on how people are actually doing this out there having conversation out there in the real world with different kind of people. And Darren is going to lead that in April. So I'm looking forward to it. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, help us to show love to others, to, to reveal who you are. Help us to pray for others that when you listen to our prayer and it's answered in front of people. People may know that God is alive. Help us to tell the word of God full of grace. And then help us to build relationship, make connection with somebody new this week. Thank you for the offering and tithes that has been brought into the house of God for the glory of the Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.